Welcome to the While You Are Single podcast. O.J. Tokes' new, revised, and updated book, While You Are Single, A Guide to Finding and Keeping the Right Mate for Your Life, is now available. For more details about the book, please visit whileyouaresingle.org. Meanwhile, enjoy the podcast. Here is O.J. Tokes. Now, some of you might be here, and you might say, wait wait a minute, Tokes. I keep hearing... Christians and people like you talk about how love is unconditional, yet people like you are the first to tell me that if I'm going to marry somebody, I shouldn't marry someone who's not a Christian. Isn't that a contradiction, folks? How can you tell me that love is unconditional, yet you give me condition on who to marry? Can you explain that? Because I can't reconcile the dichotomy. I can't reconcile the contradiction there. How can you say love is unconditional and yet you tell me that I can't marry somebody who's not a Christian? Well, that's a very good question. But here's the difference. The choice of who to marry is conditional. After you've made that choice and you've married the person, loving them is unconditional. In other words, we are supposed to unconditionally love those we conditionally chose to marry. Everybody got that? The choice of whom to marry is conditional. Once you've made that choice and you've married that person, loving them is unconditional. And because of the next point, I hope we take this really seriously. To choose conditionally and wisely whom we choose to marry. Because the third thing that love is, is that love is a sacrifice. Love is a sacrifice. While we were yet sinners. God demonstrated his love towards by sacrificing himself. When you love someone, you will sacrifice yourself to love them. Some of you may remember me saying something like this when I was a single person. I said, since love is a sacrifice, if I were you, I will find somebody that will cause me to make the least amount of sacrifice and marry them. Everybody thought it was funny at the time. That's what I said. I'm just going to find somebody. Since love is unconditional, I'm supposed to unconditionally love somebody. I'm supposed to just decide to love somebody, that, which can be tough when the person is acting up and looking at you sideways and not feeling you and stuff like that. I'm just, because that's a lot of sacrifice you're making, and I'm going to take my time. And marry somebody who's not going to let me make a lot of sacrifice. Now, that's exactly what I did. Thank you, Jesus. I have a very wonderful wife. I have a very wonderful wife that doesn't let me make too many sacrifices. I didn't have this conversation with her, but I think, you know, she's, she'll be cool when I share this and put our business out there. While we were single and... We were contemplating marriage and stuff. And I want to share this with the guys. Some of you may not know this, but 
it was disappointing to me because I like surprises. I like to give surprises to people. My wife doesn't like surprises. She likes to know things way ahead of time, okay? Even so, some of you guys may have thought about this, some of you may not, but the idea that a guy takes a lady to show her the ring or find out uh, ring shopping wasn't appealing to me because you're already telling her you're going to marry her right there. Where's the surprise? You know, what's the surprise? I mean, you're taking her to the ring. Of course, that means you're going to marry her. So what's the surprise there? You know, and I remember, I think I had this conversation with my sister years ago and she said, you know, the surprise is not so much the ring. It's more like the period, the time. They don't know exactly when you're going to pop the question. That's really the surprise when you pop the question. It's not so much the ring. Nevertheless, the wisdom, and some of you guys may already know this, of going with her to look for the ring is because you don't want to buy a ring she doesn't like. Amen. <laughs> you know, some of you guys may know that, but I'm trying to help you now because I know a lot of you guys, some of you might like surprises and be like, yeah, I'm going to buy her a big rock and all that kind of stuff. And by the way, I don't mean this disrespectfully. And of course, I like to take uh, statistics and what people see in the news with a pinch of salt. I don't like, you know, put all my basket in that. You know, I let the spirit of God lead me. But nevertheless, it's been said that the bigger the rock, the higher the tendency of divorce. Just saying, I'm not, you know, I'm just, I'm just saying what was said. The bigger the rock, the higher the tendency. But nevertheless, nevertheless, <laughs> nevertheless, the point is, you know, obviously I had to take her to go look for a ring. And I remember having a conversation with her and I could be wrong, you know, my information might be wrong, but I think over the years, television, you know, it seems like a lot of the figures, the average figure I heard about a, a ring was like two grand. That was, from my understanding, based on what I heard and, and saw, it seemed like that was minimum. Two grand for a ring. And I remember having a conversation with my, my, my wife, and I'm like, why a brother got to buy a ring for two grand? I mean, <laughs> what in the world? That's a lot of money, two grand. And I remember she told me that, you know, she said, you know, at least 1500 <laughs> She said at least 1500 Now for the guys, you know, that was like, whoa. But for the ladies, they're probably like, she actually went down. You know what I'm saying? She went, the ladies are like, man, she really went down. I'm trying to say she is low maintenance. But she said, you know, about 1500 I said, okay. So I had 1500 in my mind. So I saved, but I actually saved to like two grandish, you know what I'm saying? So we went to the jewelry place and we got there and um, she saw a ring that she liked, okay? It wasn't discount. It wasn't close to two grand. It wasn't close to fifteen hundred. Not even close. She said that was the ring she wanted. I'm like, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> nevertheless, nevertheless, I saw another ring that was more expensive than the one she wanted, and that ring still wasn't even close to two grand. And she said, no, she doesn't want that ring. She wanted the one she wanted. I was like, I'm telling you, I married someone who doesn't let me make a lot of sacrifices. Love is a sacrifice. It's funny right now, but I'm letting you know ahead of time, because once you get married, I hope you have the mindset that you want to get married for the long haul, not to scratch a momentary itch. Okay, if that's your mindset, I'm serious. You got to look at the person. What kind of sacrifices are you making for this person? I know some of them may be hot. Or whatever hot is it, it is for you, but sometimes hot stuff burns. 
So you want to make sure. You want to make sure. I know some people like volatile stuff, you know. They like the drama because it spices up the relationship. Well, let it be unto you according to your faith. I'm just letting you know that love is a sacrifice. Number one, love is a decision you make. Number two, love is unconditional. Number three, love is a sacrifice. And number four, love is a fruit. Love is a fruit. In Galatians chapter 5, 22 and 23, Paul writes that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering or patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, meekness or gentleness, self-control or temperance, depending on the Bible translation you're using, okay? Now, some have said the fruit Notice it says the fruit, singular, not the fruits, plural. The fruit, singular, not the fruits, plural. Yet, there are nine things mentioned. There is a consensus that suggests that the fruit of the Spirit is love. And everything else mentioned alongside it are its ingredients. So therefore, the fruit of the Spirit is love. And when you squeeze love, what comes out, what spurts out is joy, peace, Long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, meekness, self-control. So when somebody says they love you, you want to look at what they're spurting when you squeeze them. When you say you love somebody, the person is to examine what comes out of you when you are squeezed. Is it joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, meekness, self-control? In Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 13, which is known as the love chapter, in verse 4, we are told that love is patient and kind, and we hear that love does not insist on its own way, letting us know that it's gentle. And those are some of the same attributes mentioned in Galatians 5, so it could argue that truly, that the fruit of the Spirit is love, and everything mentioned alongside it are its ingredients. Now you might be listening and saying, Tokes, man, this is rough. This is rough. Love is... A decision I make is not based on the way I feel. Love is a sacrifice. Love is unconditional. Talks, man, that's a lot. I don't know if I'm ready. I don't know if I can do this. Relax. I told you love is a fruit, which means there's room for development. Fruits grow. The Bible says in Romans 5.5, 5, the second part of Romans 5.5, 5, that the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts or been poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who God has given to us. Therefore, when we allow the Holy Spirit who has deposited, by the way, everyone has a deposit of the love fruit inside of them. If you receive Jesus into your heart, then you have the Holy Spirit to a degree and he has deposited the fruit of love inside of you. And as, as you allow the Holy Spirit to lead you, because Galatians uh, 5.16 talks about walk in the Spirit, which means be led by the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Then he goes on to talk about the fruit of the Spirit. In other words, when you are led by the Spirit, this is what manifests in your life. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, and all that good stuff, okay? So as long as you let God lead you, then God can allow that fruit to grow in you. In John chapter 15, verse 5, I believe it says, Jesus, the speaker, the love, the person through whom we understand what love is, says, if you abide in me, and I in you, 
you will bear fruit. In fact, it says you will bear much fruit. Because apart from me, you can do nothing. Okay? So if we want to grow in love, we want to be loving like God wants us to love, we have to stay connected and attached to Jesus divine. And he provides the spiritual sap that flows through us and nourishes us to bear fruit and grow in love so that we can have the love that we can love others with. Some of you are familiar with Song of Solomon, the Song of Solomon, chapter 8, verse 4. It says, do not awaken. The second part of it says, do not awaken love until it pleases. The New Living Translation says, do not awaken love until it's right. The New Revised Standard Version says, do not awaken love until it is ready. Love is a fruit. Let it grow. Let it grow. I'm thinking of that movie with Let It Snow, Let It Snow, Let It Go, Let It Go. Let but it I'm saying, let it grow. So every time you think of that song, put grow in it. Let it grow. Let the fruit grow. There are a lot of fruits that are not ripe. What happens when you eat a fruit that's not ripe? It's bitter. And uh, sometimes we end up trying to be in love with people or try to be in relationship with people whose love are not ripe, or maybe ours is not ripe, and what happens, people leave a relationship with a bitter taste in their mouths because we didn't let it grow. When we understand that love is a fruit and we allow the Spirit of God to develop that fruit in us, when we are squeezed, we spread out juices of joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, making us self-control, but when we are not ripe, when we haven't grown enough, and when people squeeze us, Instead of joy, they get sadness. Instead of peace, they get chaos or drama. Instead of patience, they have impatience. Instead of kindness, they have rudeness. Instead of goodness, they have evil. Instead of uh, 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 meekness, they have rowdiness. They have pride. Instead of self-control, we have people out of control. Love is a fruit. Thank you for listening to the podcast. We hope you are informed, inspired, and impacted. If you'd like to learn more about O.J. Tokes, his books, blog, music, and his monthly ministry for singles, please visit whileyouaresingle.org. That is whileyouaresingle.org. If you've been blessed by the podcast, we encourage you to please share with your friends. Until next week's podcast, take care and stay blessed.